Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. In this episode, I got to interview Francis, and Francis is actually the first male guest on this podcast. It's really cool getting to hear his backstory. He's actually the co-founder of Why Not You Media, and Why Not You Media has been featured in Forbes and Yahoo, to name some. And it was really nice to hear what his backstory was like. He grew up with a single mom, and he has this incredible story of how he reconnected with his father and how he helped create this business. And I really hope you guys enjoyed listening. He definitely has a gift and a great energy about him and a gift for speaking. So I hope you guys enjoy. So I would love to start at like the beginning. So what's your background? Where are you from? <clears throat> what sort of career okay. changes have you had? Yeah, so well, obviously I'll start off with my name and everything. My mm-hmm. name is Francis Volpe, uh, born and raised in New York. I grew up in Mamaroneck, New York, which is a small town in Westchester County. Uh, I grew up with a single mom, just me and my mom, uh, my entire life, basically. Uh, grew up, you know, going to elementary school in my town, went to my middle school in my town, um, and then ended up, I made the decision to go to Fordham Prep. I went and decided to go to private school um, where, you know, I had a tremendous four years where then I got a scholarship to play football at Assumption College in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, I actually now coach hockey at, uh, I played four years of hockey at Fordham. I played hockey my entire life, but I coach hockey at Fordham Prep. And I also am, besides doing what I'll do, which I'll full time, I'll dive into that, but I also am a stunt performer for TV and movies. Yeah, so I have my SAG card, I'm in SAG, I do a lot. Um, so basically what that means is we make actors and we make all the actions. Um, so anytime you see people fighting or getting shot or shooting, it's most likely a stunt performer that is trained in um, that art because stunts are, is an art. I, I have people in my network that are just some of the stuff that they can do, their talents would blow your mind. Um, but before getting into, you know, the marketing side of stuff, um, I studied, you know, I studied business in college, started out with psychology and business. I got, I studied business management and marketing. Um, my dream as a kid was to get into corporate America. I wanted to work in finance. I was just like, oh, I want to be the guy with the suitcase and the suit that works in New York City that commutes the, uh, commutes the work. And, um, you know, makes a bunch of money, drives a nice car, has a nice house. You know, this was like 15, 16 year old being by talking. Um, right out of college, I jumped into working for New York Life. And um, that was not for me. I actually. Ended up during that time, I worked there for about five months. I actually ended up breaking my leg severely. Um, I had to get surgery on my leg, which resulted in a plate and nine screws being put into it. So I was out of work for a while. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't actually do anything for about eight months. Excuse me. So during that time, I was trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life, and. I decided to uh, study for my loan originator test, and because my cousin is a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. so I was just like, you know what? I'll use this time. I'll study that, and I'll start working for him. I'll learn the business, and maybe I can take that somewhere to eventually, you know, leverage and get another part of the business. Uh, during that time of my broken leg, I reconnected with my business partner now, Tony Peck. Um, or Anthony Peccarelli, but he's known as Tony Peck. Uh, I saw him out one night. I actually, this is when I got my cast off and everything. I had a boot on. And I was like, I can finally get out of the house. So I went out and I saw him. And, you know, I saw he was doing a bunch of stuff on social media. And I was really, really interested. And I was just like, you know, I went up to him. I was like, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. We haven't spoke. You know, what have you been up to? I would love to, like, you know, get together and talk. He was like, yeah, for sure. Shoot me a DM and we'll talk. So, shot the DM and we ended up meeting up at Doc James Cigar Lounge in the Maranac, which is uh, almost like a small cigar lounge that was near my house at the time. 
and we sat outside and spoke for hours. Um, basically, what he told me is he's like, look, you know, I've been growing my Instagram presence. I started other niche accounts. So he started, but they were all called Ace, and then there was something after it. So it'd be like Ace of Cars, Ace of Cigars, Ace of Fashion, just all these different niche accounts, and he was growing them exponentially. And what and year was this in? This was uh, 2000 and about 16, 2016. And so he was growing them exponentially. And he said, you know, and at the point he had about two, all combined, there was like 14 accounts about, or 13 or 14 accounts. Combined, he had 250,000 followers. So he was like, look, I'm having a really hard time managing all this. How would you like to get involved? I was like, let's do it. You know, I'm home. I can't really do much because of my legs. So we, um, you know, we, our, our friendship was built and we reconnected, right? So I started helping him manage the accounts, growing the pages, and then all of a sudden we started getting people reaching out to shout them out and we were charging them money. And it just like, we were like, whoa, this is turning into something. You know, we didn't, we didn't really see how much power there was yet in social media. So, you know, years go by, we're still in connection, we're still doing this stuff, but we weren't doing anything full throttle just yet. So I'm still, you know, he's do, working as a project manager in construction. Um, I'm still doing, you know, uh, the corporate America, I'm doing the mortgage stuff. And we finally, you know, we got together, um, myself and him and uh, a few other people because he was running a networking event every other week on Wednesdays. And so I was just like, look, I you know I got a network. Let me you know, start going to this stuff. So I started going every Wednesday. I started looking forward to it because some of the kids I went to high school were showing up and like other people I grew up with because we all had tight, you know, knit community around here. And so we started talking. And for eventually, every other week, the numbers started to dwindle. But it was the same people over and over and over again and we you know just meeting for so many months we were like we need to do something together we need to do something like we, we have to go full throttle on something like put all our like just chips on the table let's do something because he was miserable what he was doing i was miserable with what i was doing and i was like okay what do we all have in common we want to impact people we want to you know inspire young adults, we want to inspire young kids, we want to just help people any way possible. So we're like, oh, we should start running events, you know, and we talked about guys like Ed Milet, Gary Vanderchuk, and, you know, that circle of influence those people have. And we were like, okay, this could work. But then we ran into the problem, we were like, how do we fund this? You know, how, how can we actually make this, you know, a thing? And, you know, we brainstormed, we came up with ideas, and it kind of all came back to what we were doing in 2016. And I said to Tony one day, we're sitting there, and I said to him, we, we start a media company. And he goes, and he looks at me, and he goes, what do you, like, what do you mean? I go, you understand the importance of personal branding. You've seen what it's done for yourself. I see, and I studied this, I know the importance of marketing for all businesses and for all individuals. Let's put our brains together here, our minds together, and let's do something. So that's how basically the full, like the birth of Why Not You Media started. Um, mm -hmm. We named it Why Not You. It's the letter Y, the N-O-T-Y-O-U, because at the end of the day, we want to inspire business owners and individuals that if someone can make it big, why can't you do it also? And there's the, it, itself as a brand. It's we're trying to build its brand itself because at the end of the day, we want impact. It's impact equals income, and the more income, the more impact you can make. So it's funny. My mom actually gave us the name, you know, because it's something that she always said to me growing up. She's like, "Friend, remember why not you? You know, why can't you? Someone be, be the next big thing. Someone's got to do it." Why can't it be you? So, why not you? Media was born. Um, we we just we hit the ground running. Uh, honestly, we just started. Do we started networking like crazy? Every event we can go to, we were at. Uh, 
DMing people. We were sending out at one point 100 to 250 direct messages a day, uh, each of us, um, just anything that we could do to get in front of people to help them, and we started building a reputation. Um, and it kind of just exploded. Like we, we grew faster than I thought we would. Um, and we started, you know, getting published in different, uh, you know, publications. I was recently just published in New York weekly. Tony's been on television. Uh, he's been in medium. He's been, we've written for Forbes. We're now a Forbes accredited marketing agency. So it's kind of been like this wild ride. Um, I kind of gave you the short version of like how I got from there to now, but from there we expanded into the ability to we do content. You know, we do videography, photography. I have a phenomenal team. I think I have the best team in the country. Um, with you know myself, I'm the the creative of the of the company. Tony does the sales business side, and we have a third business partner, Michael, who's actually Tony's best friend from childhood, who does all our tech work, our web design you know, make sure that everything's in order. Um, and then I work directly with our creative director, Mark Supic, our, our content creator, Steven Adams, uh, Antonio Cortez, and the list goes on. And I just, I feel like we have the best team in the area and, you know, possibly the country, just some of the stuff that we're able to come up with. And we, during this time, during the quarantine time, we've been really brainstorming about how we can take that to another level. Um, because we believe that content can always grow, content can always change, and we want to be the company that does that. We want to, like, our goal is to really just change the industry. You know, we feel like it's very one-directional right now, and we feel as though we can take it, put a spin on it, and really open people's eyes to a whole different world of content and creativity. So, uh, we do that. Uh, obviously, we do Instagram growth. Um, we do management of all social media platforms. We do branding consultations. Uh, we do talks. You know, we've done. Tony and I have spoken in front of uh, a few hundred people. He's spoken in front of more people than I have. But us together have spoken in front of a few hundred people. Um, we also do PR work. Uh, we do web design. We do just editing in general. If you need video or photography edited, we do weddings. We do bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, sweet sixteens. Um, yeah, you name it, we kind of, we, we can do it. So that's a little bit about us. Um, so if, if you have any follow-up questions with that, I'll obviously answer away. Um, and then if you, to dive into a little bit more about me, you know, I come from a, uh, I'm Russian and Italian. My mother's the Russian. Um, my father's Italian. My father was never really in my life. Uh, we now have a better relationship now, but he, you know, had his things that he was dealing with and kind of couldn't be there for everything. Um, but, you know, I love him. God bless him. You know, we're, we're best friends now. Uh, but I have a very big family. I have, um, there's no girl grandkids though. It's all boys. <laughs> um, so it's myself. And then I have one, about six little cousins, seven little cousins, something like that. Lose count. Um, but I have two older cousins, uh, Robert and Philip, my aunts, my uncles. We're just a very, we're a very tight group. Um, but it's something that, it, like any other family, there's the dysfunction and craziness that goes on. Um, my my little cousin Matthew is basically my little brother. Uh, he that kid means the world to me. Uh, I'd do anything for him. So that's someone that really pushes me to achieve and go after what it is I want in life because my goal is to inspire him. You know, I want him to realize that you're going to go through so much stuff in life and regardless of what you go through, you have the ability to achieve whatever it is that you want. Um, and then besides that, I have the same childhood friends. I've had all my friends I've known for 13 plus years. Those are my best friends though. That's my family. Um, so yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's that's me. Uh, so yeah. can I ask, yeah. what was that like reconnection like with your father? The reconnection with my father was an interesting one, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, so growing up, you know, I played. I was a well, one, two. I was about five sport athlete. I played a lot of sports, um, and my dad and I really reconnected over football. Uh, 
football. It, oh, he was, when he was in high school, he was uh, one of the best players in you know, New York State. Um, he went on, you know, he had Division One offers. He's not a big guy, but he went on to play Division Two football in Southern Connecticut and up uh, uh, Owls. And, you know, he started coming to my Pop Warner games. And, you know, I didn't know much about my dad, though. That's the thing. I wasn't told much. I kind of just learned as I got older about his background and who he was. Um, but it's really with football. Football really saved that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'll never forget what when I was in college my freshman year and my defensive back coach uh, at the time asked, what does football, what has football done for you? And I answered with, it saved my relationship with my father, um, which it really did. And now we have the ability to connect and we talk about everything else but football, really. Um, you know, we talk about life. I learn, I've learned so much from him from a standpoint of what not to do in life. Um, he's, you know, made a lot of mistakes, and I see it as what would my dad do? And if he would do it, I shouldn't do it. As That might sound bad, but it's truthfully, and he knows that, though. It's a conversation that we've had, and he understands that I view what he's done in his actions. Um, what they, you know, what the consequences were. So I, he knows that I use what he's gone through in life as something where I've done that path I don't want to go. Did you have like a hard time forgiving him or letting him back into your life, or were you open to it? Um, to be honest, it was, you know, it was easy at first because you know I was a young kid. He really started coming back into my life around I'm gonna say like twelve years old. Um, so I've gone through 12 years of my life already without them, without, you know, I learned a lot of stuff on my own, you know, so I had conversations with, you know, other people that I couldn't have with my mother. Uh, and I did a lot of things that my mom doesn't know about. <laughs> so, um, it was very easy at first cause I was like, Oh, it's my dad. And then as I got to know him and learn more about what he did, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, we had our arguments. We had our, you know, back and forth. We've had our yelling matches. We've had where I've confronted him about things and so on and so forth. So it, it definitely, um, it got, it was easy as a young kid. It's gotten harder. It got harder as I got older because I really started to learn the history. Started to learn about him as a human being. Um, because as a young kid, you know, family doesn't want to tell you everything. When you get older, you start to be more So. Um, it definitely was easy at first and it got more difficult, but now I've come to terms where I just accept it. I'm not going to change him. I'm not going to change his past. He's my father. He is who he is. And you know, the only thing to do is accept him, love him, and uh, take it for what it is. And what's the biggest lesson you've learned from your mom? Wow, the biggest lesson that I've learned from my mother. Um, Honestly, it's, there's so many, but the pinpoint one thing that my mother has taught me is fail, fail often and fail forward. It's cliche. It's not her exact words. Um, Her exact words are really, you're going to fall on your face a lot, but you're going to get back up and keep going. And she's never, you know, held my hand with anything. It's figure it out. You know, it's, it's, you got yourself in this mess or you have a problem, figure it out. Um, obviously she'd be there for advice, but her way of parenting has really caused me to be a thinker. You know, I have to, I don't, like, I used to, I think we were all as young kids, we made impulsive decisions. You know, we all did things that might have not been the best decision at the time. And from the way she raised me, it's really now where, like, I have to step back before I make any decision and calculate and analyze the situation. You know, certain things you can just jump at. 
But when it comes to, you know, and I think that it's been so beneficial when it comes to business um, and just life in general, because now I'm able to look at, like I look at contracts differently. You know, I read people differently and I'm a very observant. And that's all for my mom. My mom is just, you know, she's like, you need to figure things out. You're going to fail, but I want you to try. And she's been the biggest supporter of everything that I've ever done. Um, I can go to her for everything. But that's the biggest lesson that she's told me. She's like, it's just, you're going to fall on your face. It's going to happen thousands of times. Even if it's not like this giant failing moment where like you like physically something just you know, deteriorates, um, those little failures are as important. So that's, that's the biggest lesson I think my mom's taught me. And when you were like creating your media business, did you have any hesitancy where you're like, I'm all in in this? Did you have any limiting beliefs or were you just like, this is it, this is what's going to happen? Um, there's, oh, so I always, you know, have a little doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doubt, that little doubt in the back of my mind is what continues to push me forward because it, it makes you think outside the box. Um, but when we first started, you know, I was, uh, I'm still so excited. I like, so I love what I do. I take pride in what I do. I can talk about what I do every single day of my life for the rest of my life. Um, and, but yeah, when we first started, I was nervous. And then when I made the decision to leave, like, I guess, quote unquote, corporate America, um, that was scary. That was scary. That was very scary. But it was the greatest decision I've ever made in my entire life. Um, it was a risk that if someone asked me if I would do it over and over and over again, no hesitation, I would. Um, it's put me um, in situations that if I didn't start this business or, you know, expand this business, I would never have had the opportunity of being a part of, you know, being around the people I've been around, learning from the people I've uh, learned from, you know, I'm blessed to have the mentors and the mentorship that, that I have uh, because of this business. Um, and, you know, and something I can, you know, I'll, I'll get to is that this business saved me in, in a big way, uh, which I can dive into. Um, but it saved me in a big way, and it's and it's a huge part of me. Um, and just you know, I want it's my baby, and I want it to grow and flourish and turn into something that you know one day the whole nation knows. Mm-hmm. What did it save you from? Um. So you know, I you know back in 2018. I don't talk about this often. Back in 2018, um, you know, I went through stuff. You know, I went through a lot of tough stuff. You know, I was um, not focused. I was not motivated. I was more into that party scene, and I was just like I mentioned earlier. I was making decisions that weren't smart. Um, a lot of it had to do because I lost uh, my grandmother, my nana, to cancer. Um, after I graduated college, it's actually going to be her four-year anniversary of, uh, on May 10th. She actually, she died at 75 years old and she, um, she was a huge, just, uh, guide in my life. Um, she was someone that was insanely smart. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, her, she, her IQ tests were off the charts. Like, this one brilliant. And the conversations, like, she just understood. She was so smart, but she also understood people. And she always, she didn't, like, she wasn't someone that was, like, sitting there motivating me. But she was someone that always told me that hard work will pay off. And I remember when, um... You know, it, like when someone passes that's that, you know, inspiring to you and that influential, you don't really ever get over it. And I kind of repressed, I kind of like pushed back everything that happened for a while. And then 2018, it kind of just bursted. And I 
remember the day that I kind of got out of that mindset. Like I was going down a very, like I was going down a bad path. And I remember the minds, I remember the moment that it actually kind of just clicked in my head that, you know, it was in October of 2018 and I made a decision to walk home from a night out. I walked 45 minutes home. And during that whole walk, I had this conversation with myself and I said, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change what I'm doing. I'm going to go in the right direction and I'm going to do it because I made a promise to my, my Nana before she died. I never forget it, sitting in a room with her, holding her hand. And I said to her, Nana, I'm going to do something amazing with my life. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. And it hit me. I was just like, it all, everything was in front of me, everything I needed to do. And I just, I remember waking up that next morning and I said, that's it. I'm like this, 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 I'm like old Francis is getting thrown out and this is a new me and I haven't looked back since. It, it was, uh, it was like a rock bottom moment for me that I will forever be grateful for because it changed my mindset, changed me spiritually, um, and, you know, has put me in where I, like, put me in this, the, the environment and situation I am today. What's your favorite platform to use on social media? So my favorite platform, the one that I prefer to use is Instagram, yeah. uh, because it's what allowed me and my business partners and our company to grow like we have. It just, to me, it's more personal. Mm -hmm. You have access to people. Um, you know, people post things about family and friends, excuse me, and all these different things. So you really have that right in front of you. So I feel like it's easier to start a, a conversation with somebody. It's easier to, you know, just network than any other platform. Uh, and it's just... It's to me, it's just very user friendly. Once you get to know it, it's, it's simple. But Instagram is definitely my favorite platform. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's too late right now to start an Instagram account? Do you think it's too saturated? Not at all. So that's funny that you brought up saturation. So, you know, the platform itself is never too late to get on. The thing is, though, is platforms never get too saturated, just the strategy. So a lot of people might say, oh, Facebook's dead. It's not dead. I know people that make tons of money off of Facebook. But the strategy and what you need to be putting out there has changed. So um, no platform is too saturated. You just got to be willing to strategize. You be willing to be consistent. And you need to be willing to put the time in. Social media has become a part of the job description. It's something that I believe, truthfully, regardless of the industry that you're in, you need to be on some sort of social media platform and not be, and being on it is not just, it's not good enough. You actually have to be utilizing the platform. So like producing content, utilizing stories, messaging people, um, so on and so forth. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not consistent on TikTok. What are your thoughts on TikTok? So to me, TikTok is like the big brother of Vine. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Vine, you know, I was actually, I loved Vine. I was a big Vine person back in college, my roommates and I, and I've always, you know, bust their job, bust one of my closest friends, Ryan, for this. Um, he, uh, we started a Vine back when we were in college, I think it was a freshman or sophomore year, I can't really remember. And we actually started getting a lot of traction. We had like 2,500 followers in a month and we had like people reaching. It was really cool because we were coming out with different stuff and then um, obviously buying it away. But I think TikTok is going to be a platform that I don't know necessarily, like there are people that have built their business from it, but I think it's a platform that people are taking advantage of to draw attention from. You know, there's so many people on it that you can draw attention and build a brand and build a name, like build a name and then take that attention and bring it elsewhere. And that's what some of these biggest TikTokers have done. You know, the biggest Viners did it. Some of them now have magazine deals and they have, you know, they're on television, they're in movies and so on and so forth. So I think TikTok is going to be that same type of thing where, you know, 
you see this, the, the girl Charlie and so on and so forth who have just taken all that attention, leveraged it, and you know now are in Super Bowl commercials. You know, so I, I can't hate on it, but um, it's a very you know it's a fun, entertaining platform. I just personally, I don't know if I would go on there to you know watch and learn business things. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would take advice from business on there. I would rather watch like a ten-minute IGTV or a YouTube video than go on TikTok. TikTok is pure entertainment. I think it's pure entertainment. If you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're, um, um, you know, anything of that sort, I think it's the best platform for you to be on. Uh, it controls the music industry right now. Like I scroll through that. Like at night, you know, laying in bed, and the amount of talent that is on that platform is incredible. I've started listening to artists that I've, you know, seen that because it's just like, where were you? <laughs> you know, like, where have you been this entire time? And I think TikTok is a really given that unheard of uh, talent a voice. That's what I really think it's done. And what is your advice for like sliding into people's DMs? Like how do you slide into people's DMs? What's like a good way and what's uh, like a bad way? So I'll start with the bad way first. Okay. The bad the bad way is just sending someone a DM like a hey, um, or trying to sell them something instantly, or just, you know, sending them like an a random article. Like that stuff doesn't work. The best way to DM is just as though when you're, you know, if you own a business and you're looking at the potential high uh, employees resume and obviously you're going to talk about things that you see on their resume, it's the same exact thing you need to be doing on Instagram. So when you go to someone's page, right, you have, like I mentioned earlier, you have access to them. A lot of time, people are going to post about things they look like. They went on vacation. They went on a hike. They have, you know, they have a girlfriend. They have a boyfriend. They're married, or they, um, you know, they, they have a dog. Like you have access to this information. So rather than just jumping in there and be like, "Hey, how are you?" You can say something like, you know, let's say um, they just did a hike of, you know, I don't know, of a place out in San Diego. You can say to them. Hey, you know, I actually just hiked the exact same trail. It was an unbelievable experience. What did you think about it? What that shows that person is you actually took the time out to look at their page, look at their content, and talk about something that you both can connect on. And therefore, when someone sees that, it actually sparks something like, wow, this person took the time out of their day to get to know me a little bit. Therefore, I want to answer them and talk to them. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're going to message me, if you're trying to sell me right away, I'm not, like, the chance of me replying is, you know, slim to none, unless I know you. But if you're someone new that's coming to my page, I, you know, if you scroll through and see that, you know, I traveled here or I played football or all these different things, and you talk about that, like, hey, you know, I played football um, at, you know, at Bentley. And I graduated, you know, a few years before you. That's it. Like, it's already instant connection. The best, one of the best DMs I ever had um, was a buddy, like who's now a good buddy of mine. He um, he read an article. He, I put an article out. Uh, it was published on Kivo Daily, and he read it. And the first thing he said was, "Hey Francis, I read your article on Kivo Daily and saw that you coach hockey. I coach hockey also." Where did you play? So on, so and it this instant, instant. Got on a phone call with him, and now he's somebody I can text. The you know the kid actually wished me a happy birthday. So it's um, that is that that's how you should be DMing. DM. You want to get personal. You want to build relationships. That's what that's how we built our business. All through relationships. If you start trying to sell someone right away, chances are they're going to close the door on you. But you try to build that relationship and get personal, and they're more open because now they trust you. Do you think you should be on Instagram? Do you think you should be posting once a week? How many times should you be posting? So when it comes to Instagram, a lot of people think they need to be posting on their feed every single day. And, uh, you know, we teach and we kind of preach that that's not necessary. You can really be posting about once or twice a week. 
and that's fine. Where you really have to be consistent is on your stories. Uh, stories are going to get more attention usually than your posts. Uh, we always say money is made in your stories because on your stories, they're quick and people can get the information faster than having to read an entire caption about maybe a sale that you're doing. You know, where if you put on the story, it's like, hey, doing a sale, 24 hours, use this code. Like people see it quickly and it's, it's done. And when it comes to stories, when I said consistency, that means you need to be posting anywhere from five stories to 25 stories a day. Mm-hmm. You need to be, because if you think about it, right, in my industry, right, especially in my local area, I don't want anyone else to be thought of when it comes to what it is that I do. So for me to stay in the forefront of people's minds, I need to stay consistent on these platforms because think about it, especially now, everyone's on their phone scrolling through. So when people think social media marketing, I want them to think, why not you media? Because they consistently see my name at the top of their screen on you know the little story bubbles or story circles. You know, it's something that we preach because you don't realize the more someone sees your name, it, it, it ingrains and it gets, you know, ingrains in their mind because now it's like whenever someone sees social media, they think or they talk to somebody that's like, oh, you know, I really need to grow my social media. It's instantly to that person. You know what? I always see this guy, Francis, on my stories. Uh, he's someone that you should reach out to. You're priming people. You want them to think you when they're talking to somebody else or thinking about their own business. And that goes for any industry, any industry, whether you're a loan officer or you're a real estate agent, you're a plumber, it doesn't matter what it is that you do, you have to be in people's faces at all times. doesn't mean, and you might be, you might feel like you're being annoying, but if you're putting out valuable content or entertaining content, people are not going to get annoyed. You know, if you're showing what you're, you know, if you're showing the same, some of the same stuff over and over, they might, but it might take someone, you know, 10 times, 100 times to see what it is that you're putting up to eventually reach out to you. What's like a good thing to be sharing in your stories? It depends on what you want to get known for, mm-hmm. right? So you, you know, if you're a loan officer, for example, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a loan officer, you should be sharing your knowledge of the industry. Mm-hmm. You should be talking. I know obviously you can't promise rates and things like that. That's a no-no. But you need to be talking about what's going on in the industry. You need to be giving educational pieces that people can re- listen to or read and actually gain something from it. Because at the end of the day, and the whole home buying process is a difficult process. The average person doesn't really understand it. So if you're able to be that person that can go on your stories and give little bits of information and quick facts, people are going to really value that because they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like I can re- now I can actually reach out to them and maybe get more detail about it. So that's one way to do it. And then, like I said, it's just what you want to be known for. Um, some people are more vulnerable than others. More people are a lot more open. You know that will talk about all things that they're going through but they're attracting a different type of audience so what you put out is the audience you're going to attract at the end of the day if you want to be more open but you can also be open and also sprinkle in business stuff it just that's when the strategy comes into play. it's really what are you trying to get across and I know some people that do a phenomenal job they do such a good job with um, you know relaying information but also putting a personal twist on it and it just, it works for them. So that's just comes down to strategy. What you want to be known for. And what's the biggest struggle you notice that your clients face when it comes to social media? Consistency. Um, it's something, you know, so we obviously, one thing that we do is we manage social media or our, a lot of our clients but for those that we that we don't manage it's consistency they have a hard time staying on top of it because they get so you know fixed into everything else that they're doing that for them to go oh my gosh you know I forgot to make a story today or do my stories or post or reach out to people it, it's they forget and it's something like I mentioned prior you need to put this on your schedule uh, 
you can seriously generate tons of leads on social media if rather than doing a hundred cold calls, you did a hundred DMs. You're gonna get. I'm telling you, you're gonna get a, a lot further with that, that that cold DM because of what I mentioned earlier. How you become more personal with that person, you can actually learn about each of those people that you're messaging. Whereas a cold call, all you have is a name, a number, maybe where they work, and an email address. So you have to pick up that call, and hopefully that person gives you the time of day. But nowadays, everyone screens their call. They have a number they don't know. They're usually not answering. But a DM can go a lot further because they can physically see your name. And they have the chance to click at your profile and make a decision whether or not they want to answer you. But if you're personal, they will. Um, but it's definitely consistency. It's, it, it's, it's, it's very – we realize it's tough for people to put it into their agenda, their daily agenda. And do you have any, like, clients who are, like, hesitant towards the power of social media? Or do you think, like, everyone now is, like, really into social media, believes in it? Um, no, there's definitely people that we've talked to that still don't believe in the power of it. Um, but sooner or later, they're going to learn that that mindset or that view is wrong. That's obviously my opinion, but I truthfully think that social media is for everybody, um, regardless of how you used it. But if you're going to use it for a business standpoint, you need to be. If you own a business, you have to be utilizing social media. Um, I have, you know, friends and uh, business colleagues that have literally built huge businesses just because of social media. That's where their businesses derive from. Um, so there's definitely we meet a lot of people that are hesitant, but we're starting to see a change. And I think now after this happened with the quarantine and Corona and everything, I think anyone that had any doubt is now going to be like, oh my gosh, like I need to be utilizing social media because relying on just your storefront is not, excuse me, is not going to work anymore. Because if your your storefront closes and you had no social media presence, you get forgotten. But if you have a social media presence and you're consistent on it, when you open back up, people saw it throughout these months, or you know, so on and so forth. So now when you open back up, it's like, oh my gosh, they're open again. I've been waiting for them to be. But if you don't have a social media presence, how are you how are you gonna stay in touch with your loyal customer, right? Or getting in new customers. Um, so it's extremely important. I can't like I can't express it enough. You need to be using social media if you own a business or if you're selling any product or service, regardless of what it is. You need to be using it. And did you notice like a spike recently since like the coronavirus and everything happening with a lot of people coming to you to start their social media presence right now or? So we um, were obviously in constant contact with um, a lot of our current clients, older clients that are no longer with us. And obviously we're reaching out trying to bring in future clients, but we're just trying to stay in front of people's faces. And that's what we're using this time, uh, utilizing this time for. We're also doing a lot of strategizing. We have a lot of cool and excited things, um, exciting things that we uh, can't wait to launch and present to basically the world. Um, but no, we we're, we kind of have, I kind of have like this gut feeling that when this does eventually calm down and people can go back to, you know, normal routine, we're going to have a lot of people reaching out for meetings and wanting to learn how to use these platforms because a lot of people, as you know, are, you know, they're struggling, right? Businesses are closing, unemployment's high, um, and it's a scary time. So I think people are going to try to find any way possible to defend against this. And... And so what have you learned from your 20s so far? Wow. <laughs> what have I learned to, with my 20s? Um, man, that life is definitely not easy. You cannot do everything on your own. That mindset I think that we all had growing up is that we're invincible and we can do it on our own and we don't need help. You learn quickly in your 20s that it's not true. It's like the old saying, go fast, it's go fast alone, but go far with others. 
it's that's it's the truth. You know, I've learned that in my twenties that um, you need people in your corner. You need people uh, that support you. Um, you need a team. You really do. You need a team, and that's what the 20, my twenties taught me. That you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna fall on your face plenty, and um, that whole mindset of I can do it on my own has got to go out the window. It's 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 nearly impossible. Teamwork is so important, and that's what my 20s have taught me, is just getting around the right people, being around the right people at all times, being positive, um, and trying to stay away from any negative influences. And if you could go back in time and give any advice to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Yeah, my 20-year-old self? Um, don't take the to- don't take things for granted. I would tell myself, don't take things for granted. I would tell myself that um, ne- nothing is given to you in life. It's hard work, dedication, and patience. And that if you think someone is coming to knock on your door to hand you money or give you anything. You're so wrong, and you're going to be in for a, <laughs> a, a, a rude awakening. Get down, work hard. With hard work, good things will happen. Now, are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Any questions? That you, um, no, you asked some really good questions. Um, I can, you know, I can get more in depth on any of the things that we talked about. I know. So, so if there's anything that you want to follow up with. I said, I'm more than happy to, you know, to talk about it. I can talk about the mindset change and, you know, I can talk about the importance of really anything. <laughs> so anything that you want to follow up with the questions that you asked, I'm, I'm open book. So more than happy to answer. Did you have any struggles when you were like building your team? Yeah. Um, so a big thing with, building a business is that you need, so let's talk about business partners for a second. It's something that will make or break your business. A lot of people, you know, might think, oh, I can start a business with my best friend or I can start a business with, you know, just someone I've known for a while. And that's not necessarily true. It can happen. I'm not saying it can't, but just because that person might be your best friend or someone that you're really close with does not mean that they can be a good business partner. You have to be able to put ego aside, and it's not easy at first. You have to be able to. You have to be able to put ego aside because you know your business partner might get more spotlight than you at one time. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to align yourself with people who have the same goal and the same, you know, they want to make the same impact. And you can't be jealous. That's something I actually talk about. Um, I talked about that on another podcast. And just jealousy is a killer. If any point you feel as though you're getting jealous of your business partner or business partners, it's not going to work because you're allowing um, – your emotions to take control of your decisions. So if anyone's looking to start a business, really be self-aware of what type of person you are, right? Um, I consider myself a creative. I love to write. I love to come up with ideas. I love to sit on um, as many as the editing, you know, um, the editing, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, editing uh, times or editing like uh, situations or scenarios that we're in because um, I, I love to learn more about that and I also like, you know, do put giving my input. So that's what I love to do. My business partners and Tony and Michael, Tony wants, doesn't want to be involved with that. He's the sales side and the business networking relationship guy. Michael is the tech guy. Michael is our back end and our backbone of the company. So we all play our important roles. We all have our pillars. So you have to be really aware of what type of person you are. 
if you're someone that you know um, is a salesperson, you need to find go out and find someone that's creative. If you're creative, you have to go out and find someone that's more business oriented, sales oriented. You know, I'm blessed because in my industry, there's not too many duos. There's not too many. You know, Tony Michael's very behind the scenes, where Tony and I are very in front of the scene. So there's not too many businesses like us that have two people that are facing a company. It's usually one um, and or the other. So uh, I'm blessed to be in the situation I am. Your business partners it's it's so so important um and it's something that should never ever be overlooked because the wrong business partner you might be all good and dandy and then it can completely turn on you quickly um if you want i can you know i can really jump into just well you asked me about the struggles you know i'll, I'll dive more into that if you don't mind um it's a lot. You're, you're gonna make you're gonna make the wrong decision. Like there's gonna be a time where you make a decision that is just you look back at it and you know I'll call it is what I'll say what it is what it is. It, it was stupid. <laughs> it was not a smart decision. But it goes back also to it's it's a moment of failure and it's a moment to learn from. You know, I try to, a big thing that I try to do, something that um, Tony and I do a lot together when we're in the office, is we reflect on prior decisions that we made, and we try to learn from them. We try to figure out, okay, we presented this way to this person, but it didn't work. How can we change it? How can we change the language and the verbiage and maybe what we're actually showing them to get the deal to close? You know. Um, we're always learning from our mistakes. Like people don't realize the amount of mistakes that you're going to make, either like small or large. Like we've made very small ones and we've made very big ones. But because of those, we've learned so much. Like I could confidently say that in the last year and a half of a business full time, I've learned more in that year and a half than I did four years of college. Like that, and that to me, some people are like really surprised by that. But it's the truth. I have been in so like I've been in meetings with multi-millionaires. I've been in meetings um, with people that have built huge businesses and sold them off. And I've learned so much just because I had the ability to, to, to pick their brain. And I didn't get that you know opportunity when I was in college. It's something that um, has been tremendous. But oh man, the struggles of growing a business—it's stressful. It really is. It's it's something like look, I tell people all the time. I work you know seventeen hour days. Like when this quarantine wasn't going on, and you know when we were doing meetings, there was times uh, there was a, there was a time where Tony and I did two weeks of meetings from Monday through Sunday that were starting at nine a.m. sometimes in New York City and going until we weren't finished in the day until one two o'clock in the morning, and I was. Um, taking naps in the car in between meetings, like when Tony would drive. Like, yeah, we were doing, you know, six to eight meetings a day. It got, I don't, it just, it got insane. And I wouldn't trade it for the world though. You know, it was, it's, it's almost like a weird adrenaline rush because you see all your hard work paying off because people want to meet with you. It's like, just like when we got the phone call that we wanted to be flown out to Colorado. We went out to Colorado, flew out there on a Tuesday, got in on a Wednesday, shot eight hours of content, and then flew home, got home for a day, slept all day, got back on a plane, and flew out to California for five days. You know, because Tony was speaking at an event for three days, and then we spent two days just networking and, you know, enjoying California. Um, and then we got home. It was 10 days of, like, not, it was, like, a total of, like, 10 days of craziness. And thankfully, thankfully, we have our, uh, our assistant, Stefania, who really coordinated so much of it, booking our hotels, our Airbnbs, our flights, all these different things. But it's, yeah, they're, they're, the struggles are not just mental, but physical. Um, and it's just, you got to, you, and you can't be, you can't get overly frustrated. Because if you do, and you allow, like I said, that emotion to come into play and, and dictate your decisions, it gets very tough. Um, but there's a lot of mental struggle, there's a lot of physical struggle, you know, sleep deprivation being that major, that major, uh, physical struggle. 
Mm. I think you balance your personal life with working 17 hours a day. Man, <laughs> uh, not gonna lie. So, this is actually something interesting to, to go into. Uh, so, when we first, when I, so I've never taken an orthodox route, right? And my friends know, like, I do the stunt work. And when I started doing that, my friends were like, what the heck are you doing? You know, um, and then I started this this company. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, my, you know, my childhood and my best friends were concerned. Because they're like, Fran, like, are you sure about this? You know, normal stuff. And it got to the point where I told them, you know, you guys have to trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'm very, excuse me, I'm very aware. Um, and, you know, I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends, Max, before he went off to the Navy because he was concerned. And I said, Max, I love you. You know, thank you for the concern. I appreciate you guys all concerned. Um, but I got this. You know, I just need to trust me. And they're like, all right, we're, we're going to trust you. And um, I've, you know, at first I had no social life. You know, um, at first it was working seven days a week, nonstop phone calls, doing stuff for, you know, our web, just the list goes on. And then little by little, um, I was able to fit in my social life, like going out with my, with my buddies and different things like that. But everything was really revolved around business. Um, which I didn't mind, you know, it, like obviously they wanted to see me, but you know, my friend, I, I'm really blessed to have the group of friends that I have because they, you know, we all bust, you know, we all bust each other's balls and stuff. But like they really, I have a very understanding group of uh, friends. Um, so they, they got it. They were like, all right, you know, Fran's got to do what he's got to do. We're not, you know, if he can't come out, he can't come out. That's the big deal. But I definitely do try to make time better than I was to see them because they're very important and I'm the type of person that I do need those few hours a week away from work um, just to refresh and you know rebuild energy because like you like we spoke about I'm, I can be extroverted but I'm also introverted I'm an only child I grew up an only child so I can spend a lot of time by myself and entertain myself so I like to sometimes have time to myself or with my friends or with family to kind of just uh, gather myself in order to attack the next week ahead because when we were when we were full go before all this it was it was like the momentum that we were building was crazy um, and it was very upsetting when it obviously this all happened but at the end of the day you know I want everyone I'm hoping everyone's remaining healthy and safe during this time and business will come back and this will pass but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. balancing everything yeah. at the end of the day. That's, uh, near where I want to be. I feel as though, you know, it's going to take more hours, more hard work, more connecting, more networking, more traveling. Um, but it's all going to pay off and it's exciting. Like, if you fall in love with the process, it's, you never work in a day in your life. You really are. Like, I love what I do. And um, I can't say that enough. So, you know, I hope I hope people, I hope everyone can eventually feel that because it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. There's nothing else like it. Like, mm -hmm. I never woke up and like, oh, I got to go to work today. Mm -hmm. It was like, what meeting do I have? What consultation do we have to do? What phone call? What text? What DM do I have to answer? So... It's just exciting because you're building something from the ground up. There's no other feeling. It's like you really are, um, it's like, <laughs> like you're like raising a, like a, a business child. Um, and we're still young. We're still, we're still an infant company, but we're making a lot of headway. Um, as for myself, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, goals that I want to, uh, accomplish. I really want to travel speaking. I really want to just impact as many people as I can. That's really what I want to do. Um, that's what I feel I'm best at doing. You know, I have to, I, I kind of tend to be the person that a lot of people come to for advice. Mm -hmm. And I am 
enjoy giving advice. I enjoy helping people figure out and um, maneuver around the issues that they may be having, whether it's a relationship or a bit issue, whatever it may be. Um, I do enjoy doing that. So that's um, that's the goal because you know anything is anything is possible in life. It's just the mindset. So if you're someone that's struggling with that, reading the right books are super important. And something that is said by a lot of, you know, Lewis Howes says it, Ed Milet says it, Gary Vee, they all say it's audit the people you're around. You need to really pay attention with who you surround yourself with. It's like all these things are cliche, but it's like, it's the truth. The the moment I started surrounding myself with different, just a different environment, my, it, oh my gosh, I can't, just my life changed. I, I never want to go back the other way, ever. I like the, the direction in which I'm going, so I'm not going to change anything. Obviously, there's things I need to add on. I do need to start reading more, uh, especially with a lot of downtime. I was reading a lot. I uh, kind of cut back, but that's something I need to start doing again. You have really great energy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you should know. <laughs> I know you probably already know. But you do. No, I appreciate yeah, really that. Energy. I appreciate that. No, I um, I enjoy talking. I, like I said, I enjoy connecting with new people. I just enjoy, you know, hearing other people's stories and sharing my own. Um, you know, because I know there's a lot of, you know, people out there who may have had a similar circumstance to me. You know, with a, you know, absent father. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mother that did everything for them to, or family or grandma or grandpa, whatever it may be, to help them get to where they are. And um, if my story can inspire anybody, you know, that's what I hope for. I hope that I can uh, resonate with one person that may listen to this or hear my story and um, we can connect and I can help them in any way. Um, and yeah, I know some. I know you want to talk. I know there's the, I, what was you want to talk about like relationships or something like that in general. Oh, how do you have a relationship if you work seventeen hours a day? How do you manage that? Um, <laughs> I did. I did have a. I did have a relationship. Mm. Uh, well, I don't have it now. But how did I manage that? It was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was in the early stages of the business, so I wasn't working as. Pre- I was working a lot, but I was like like little by little. Um, But when it comes to a relationship, uh, when you're running a business and you need to really, it's something I didn't do growing up was I didn't really pay attention to red flags. I didn't really pay, I kind of, like I mentioned, I was was impulsive. Um, I just jumped into things. I was like, oh, I like you, you like me, but you know, we're we're dating. it's finding someone that understands your lifestyle. Um, someone that is going to support you. Someone that is going to be your biggest critic at the same time. And, you know, I um, I am, would never, I have no regrets at all because everything I went through has helped me become who I am. And, um, it's just, it's, you can't, like, when you're really running a business or you're living life or you just don't want to waste your time, and I don't mean, like, waste your time, like, every person that you meet and have a conversation with has a purpose, mm-hmm. like, there's a reason that you're having a conversation with them. but something that I've, um, and this is actually something I learned from one of our um, videographers, Antonio, He's, he's older, uh, and we have, remember we were in Staten Island on a shoot, and we went out to like a lunch. Him, myself, Tony, and the uh, the client who's a uh, a friend of ours, and Antonio being the older of the group, we started talking about relationships, and he was like, "Look, I'm gonna give you guys the best advice I've ever been given." You guys are getting to the age, you know, you're getting older. Eventually, you might want to, you know, find somebody and you know, be with them. Ask the hard questions. 
and be upfront. He's like, if someone can't deal with you being upfront, they're not the person for you. He goes, you need to let people know what your lifestyle is like. You have to let them know, you know, I work a lot. I travel. I'm not always able to answer. And, you know, he said, if someone's not okay with that, then you know you can't be with that person. You know, I'm not a relationship guru, but I've implemented that into my life. And it's made such a difference. It's made such a difference. And it lets people know, it lets that person that you're, that, that person you're talking to understand that this is, you know, that you have goals, you have dreams, you have an agenda. You have a life that you want to create for yourself. And I tell, I, you know, I tell people to say to other people if they're on a date, and I say to myself, if you're not willing to get on the train and ride with me and be my support system and me be your support system, don't buy the ticket. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And it can be harsh. It can come off harsh, but it's, I feel like honesty is extremely important. Yeah. Connect on Instagram or connect on social media. My Instagram is at Francis Volpe. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-S-V-O-L-P-E. Just shoot me a DM and, you know, I'm more than happy to help in any way that I can. And then if you are looking to get into using social media, do it. Don't hesitate. The time is now. The time is always now. Don't wait until tomorrow yesterday um and use it to connect with people that you want to connect with um and it's changed my life entirely for the positive uh it's just the way you use it is what you're going to get from it you know the more consistent the better the roi but that's uh really everything in a nutshell yeah Thank you so much for like taking the time to talk to me today. No, I really of, course, appreciate it. of course. Yeah, no, of course. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm honored to be the, the first guy. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you know someone who might resonate with this story, please share it with them. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.